0: I wanted to show a video this morning, and I'm, I'm, I'm a bit concerned with the video because it has cartoon blood in it, and I'm seeing a, a lot more kids in the audience than we normally see, and so uh, um, I'm just, I'm, uh, it, it's a hard thing, but I wanted to get at, the, at what the gospel of the kingdom is. And there's this beautiful video on the gospel of the kingdom. If you go to uh, thebibleproject.com and you look and you search for gospel of the kingdom, What we're engaging today is that gospel of the kingdom, gospel of the kingdom, good news of God's dynamic rule and reign. The other way I want to approach it this morning is God's family. There's a good news of what God's family can be like. And uh, we don't often get a picture of what the kingdom of God is. Some of you have maybe been, uh, you know, in the grocery line, you've been hearing about Prince Harry and how he's, you know, abandoning the throne. That's the only thing we really know about the kingdom these days. Well, the kingdom of God is truly different because it doesn't depend on any land and it doesn't depend on human kings and queens. Jesus is king. And by Jesus being king, it defines us as a, as a family or even as a certain kind of tribe. And, and I want to throw some dynamic mm, opposites up or, or maybe supremes against you this morning because we all are a part of some really good tribes, each one of us. Uh, I, just a couple years ago, got to participate in my sister's wedding. Uh, There's a picture of it for you up here. It's a super fun picture. Uh, I still don't have the rights to it, by the way, which is why the photographer's website is on there. You can use her, I guess. But um, it was super fun. Like, this is part of my tribe. And what a fun way to celebrate who your tribe is with a wedding, right? You all get together, you just... Excited, and boy, did we just, we were out on a boat in Boston Harbor and just blew it out. It was great. One of the most joyful times. Don't you love celebrating amazing family times together? Just celebrating your tribe. That's a good thing. This is a good tribe, right? Well, there are other kinds of tribes that are also really good. I was so proud to see this a photo of the first all female airline crew to fly around the world. Air India said that the airline's all female crew flew across the Pacific Ocean from New Delhi to San Francisco, and the same crew then flew back to New Delhi across the Atlantic, completing their historic circumnavigation around the globe. What I mean, look at that tribe. Look at that crew. How proud do you think they were of that moment? That's a good crew. Uh, I I was also excited to see this, someone so bold. There was a group of new black doctors that decided uh, when they graduated from Tulane to go to one of the plantations that their ancestors worked on as slaves. And there's this beautiful picture of these graduate doctors declaring the redemption of the evil that happened in the past. Look at this crew. That's a good tribe. That's a tribe to be proud of. Now... Most of you know as well that we've got um, an immigration crisis going on in this country. Uh, Honduras has gone through unrest. Guatemala has gone through unrest. And through all of that, there was a caravan that began from Honduras through Guatemala through all of Mexico. And it grew and grew and grew. And this people group became a tribe. Tens of thousands all together supporting one another Could you imagine having whatever you had only on your back, looking for freedom, going for the border? Who knows what they would find? Who knows what our policies are? There may be some of you here that are going through the immigration process right now, and you know what the hurdles are and the hoops. And look at this tribe. This tribe is a group trying to protect their families and trying to escape violence. Whatever your politics are, that's a tribe to be proud of. And then uh, we have our political tribes. Some of you are red, some of you are blue, and here we are just purpling it up in the power of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> These tribes, they define wonderful things, don't they? In the red and the blue, whatever camp you see yourself falling in, you, kn- you just feel like there are some things there that are really good for our country, and you're leaning into them. And so there are things that you can be really proud of. And the other side saying, no, you can't. Well, that's, here we are. Here we are. By the power of the Holy Spirit, you have a right to be proud of your tribe. Some of you don't care about politics. You don't care about immigration. You don't care about any of that. But you care about sports. And since the Patriots have lost, we're not going to talk about that. (laughs) And since the Texans lost, we're not going to talk about that. And since the Spurs aren't doing too well, we're not going to talk about that. But I'm sure that most of you can get excited about Fiesta. Fiesta is coming. And look at this tribe that gathers during Fiesta. San Antonio becomes a tribe during Fiesta. A tribe to be proud of. I've never seen so much city pride in my entire life. And debauchery, but pride! Pride! especially because the Spurs aren't doing well. Boy, woo! San Antonio. Each one of us have tribes that we identify with, um, work that we identify with. Uh, Fort Sam Houston's right nearby. We've got a picture of them training up here. If you're a soldier, you can be proud of your tribe, working hard, sacrificing for one another, dying for one another, Each one of us have places in our lives that we identify with, that we call family, and those are good. Those are places to be celebrated because it's within those family lines, within those those places of identification that we find strength and support, right? Well, today I want to talk about the hope that comes from being a part of the family of God. And tribes are good, but I want to let you know the story I'm going to tell today is going to put your tribe in a context that you may not feel comfortable with. Each one of us are led to a place, if we're introduced to Jesus, where, like I've said over and over, we're either scared of him when we run away, we're angry at him when we want to kill him, or we lay everything at his feet. And that includes tribe. There are some very difficult verses in the scriptures that Jesus says to people, I didn't come to bring peace, I came. That brothers will fight against brothers and sisters against sisters and parents against children. And that's what happens sometimes when we see Jesus in this way. When he defines himself as king and our tribes as not as supreme. But they're not separate. And I want to get that today. There's um, a picture I want to show you. This is Rembrandt's return of the prodigal son. And I really didn't know about this painting. It's hung, I think, still in Moscow in the museum there. Never knew about it until I read a book called The Return of the Prodigal Son by one of my favorite authors, Henry Nouwen. And the whole book is about him sitting in front of this painting in Moscow. Taking in the picture of what is a parable in the scriptures called The Return of the Prodigal Son. And this is a medieval depiction of what was, you know, the year... Zero when Jesus was around, 33, whatever. And so the clothing's a bit different. The carpet may be a little different than what you might see, maybe not. But here in this picture is a son returning to his father as an elder son looks on. And I want to tell you that story this morning, right now. This is Luke chapter 15, verse 11. Jesus was talking about the redemption that he really wanted to bring. And he said, to illustrate the point further, he told them a story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, the younger son packed all of his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there he wasted all of his money in wild living. About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him and the man sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him, but no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, and I want you to hear this here. When he finally came to his senses. So this young man that has a father, a wealthy father, has asked his father to give him his due. Hey, dad, I'm a part of this tribe. Give me what's due in my tribe. And he leaves and tries to define himself. And he realizes that what he's done is absolutely wrong. And he comes to his senses. He has senses even though he's made a mistake. They're still there. They're in him. They're meant to come out. When he came to his senses, he said to himself, At home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare. And here I am dying of hunger. I'll go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. And I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. So he returned home to his father. And while he was a long way off, he saw his father coming, filled with love and compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to his servants, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet and kill the calf that we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast, for this son of mine was dead and now returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So the party began. The gospel of the kingdom is about Jesus who runs to us with good news and offers to rule and reign over all of our stuff, no matter where we've come from. Jesus comes to us with the robe of holiness that comes straight from God and says, I embrace you as my son. You've taken my inheritance Being a human being with lots of mistakes, you've gone out, you've made a mess of yourself, and no matter what, I come to you and I embrace you. The gospel of the kingdom says that his rule and reign gets established right there. But there's a verse that I want you to hear that's just echoed all over the scriptures in the Old Testament and the New Testament. Blessed is the one who brings the good news, the feet of those who bring good news. And look at what happens with this father. This father runs to his son. His son doesn't deserve a thing. Anything that he did deserve, he's gotten and wasted. And the father says, kill the calf. Let's have a party. He was lost and now is found. So the party began. Meanwhile, the older son was in the fields working dutifully, righteously. When he returned home, he heard music and dancing in the house. And he asked one of his servants what was going on. Your brother's back, he was told. And your father's killed the fattened calf. We are celebrating because of his safe return. The older brother was angry, but he wouldn't go in. His father came out and begged him, but he replied, all these years I've slaved for you and never once refused to do a single thing you told me to do. And at that time, you never gave me even a young goat for a feast with my friends, yet when his son, this son of yours, comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes, you celebrate by killing the fattened calf. His father said to him, Look, dear son, you have always stayed by me, and everything I have is yours. We had to celebrate this happy day, for your brother was dead and has come back to life. He was lost, but he's found. I could go a lot of different directions with the scriptures and tell you that it's better to be the son that squandered everything but come back to a loving father, or it's better to be the older son that has always been dutiful and then comes to his dad and says, hey, I've been good. Give me what I should deserve. I want a goat. (laughs) Or I could tell you what Henry Nouwen says, it's better to be the father that's able to welcome them both. The story has its own picture of what redemption looks like, how God offers himself to us, how he runs out, how he's the one that's bringing the good news. The elder brother sees himself as faithful. He has right to the family. The Israelites claimed it as theirs. No one had the right. No one no one else except for the Israelites had the right to call him father. The kingdom belonged to Israel and no one else, just like the older brother was feeling. This is my land. This is my dad. How dare you? You've squandered it. We don't deserve to even be in the same family anymore. I'm sorry, I just need to pause for a minute. There's... Lord, would you speak through me this morning? Would you let your word go out? I'm just w- I apologize for this moment. For those of you who are new, I th- I've got a wonderful sermon prepared for you. And um, there are times when I just feel like God says, Hold on for just a second. There's, there's something that I want to do. And so I want to clinic this time as this is absolutely weird. You come to listen to music and sing with music and find a church where you're hearing the scriptures and. Uh, this moment of pause is absolutely awkward. Don't worry, I I know it is too. I want to make sure this morning that as we talk about tribes that um, there's some significant things that the scriptures say for instance Leviticus chapter 19.33 don't take advantage of the foreigners who live among you in the land. Treat them like native born Israelites and love them as you love yourself. Remember that you were once foreigners living in the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. There's a love that's supposed to be born out of us for those that are not us, not from where we are. The trajectory of God goes like this in Psalm 68:5: Father to the fatherless, defender of the widows. This is God whose dwelling is holy. God places the lonely in families, He sets the prisoners free and gives them joy. This is the trajectory of our Heavenly Father for everyone. So when we read the story of the prodigal son and he goes out to the son that has squandered everything, this is not a representation of God going out to the other. It's God going out to his son. Where we have defined ourselves in tribes in the most healthy ways for support, God says, maybe you don't all understand, you are all mine and so my love is for all of you. And I, like anybody else, have gotten trapped in my own tribe from time to time. Um, I have made statements that I'm an Italian, and so just by saying, I'm Italian, sometimes I would separate myself from you who maybe are Irish and we've gone to war in Boston or whatever. All of a sudden now we're separate, and my tribal pride can do that. Politically, you've seen this happen all the time, right? Right? I I don't have to say what that looks like for you, but surely outside of this room, it's probably hard for you to get along with anybody that's outside of your political tribe. It's just because we don't show it on our shirts here that maybe we just get along a little bit easier. But I want to say that it's more than we just don't show it on our shirts. I think it's that the Holy Spirit is actually showing us a... not an ulterior motive but a supreme motive. Uh, Bobby, would you come up? My friend Bobby's here. I I need him to be a representative for me this morning. And then I'm going to need probably four other people, maybe five, so those of you who are bold enough to come up here, just get your hearts ready. So Bobby's going to represent God this morning. Bobby is not God, uh, but he's going to represent God this morning. And as God, I love being connected to Bobby. I love being connected to God. I love being connected. I love when we connect in ways, and he talks to me, and he shows me things. I love when God and I are so connected that nothing else matters in my world But I'm filled to fulfill everything that I need to do in my world. Because he knows that I don't exist for all those things. I exist for him. But he fills me up so that I can accomplish all those things. Here, you need to come closer. Jeff is adjusting the camera because I guess we're on Facebook. There you go. Good for you. Um, not on Facebook, so you don't have to worry about it. So uh, all the algorithms now won't won't pick you up because you're not there. uh, I need four other people. Come on up, four people. Don't worry, you won't be God. <laughs> all right, we're going to do what's called a human knot. Come on over here. Come on over. Come on over. All right, so get in a circle here. Put all your, Not you, Bobby. You stay out of the circle. You're God. you're God. We've got our own tribe over here, Bob. So just extend your hands out, and now grab somebody's hand across from you. Yeah. Like, t- like yep. Go ahead. Grab them. Yep. Oh. And then Close grab somebody else's hand. Oh. Here. there, Yeah. To... Okay. Yep. There you go. I, well, I'm... Oh, this is awkward. No. Okay. Go ahead. Keep going. No. Go ahead and connect. So here I am in my tribe. There we go. Wait. Yeah. You're all. You all are right, tribe. That's fine. <laughs> and they are so good at supporting one another, aren't you? So you're all connected, right? At work, you can ask yourselves about your families, and at school, you can hang out and say, you know, you can help each other study, and all all these kind of things, right? Way to be connected, and uh, you see, they're already talking. I don't even need to introduce, they're asking about one another's day. it's great. So, um, Eddie, Eddie, while you're connected to your tribe, uh, would you get out and talk to God? No, no, stay connected to God. No, no, don't don't leave your tribe. You don't want to leave your tribe? Oh, but, yeah. Yeah, actually, why don't you try to unravel, stay connected, don't, don't lose your hands, but try to untie the knot here. It's pretty difficult. So that's all right, you don't have to do it anymore. But you get the picture. When you're at work, in your families, these are all great things to be a part of, but we get entangled, don't we? emergencies come up, and we get so inwardly focused. You know this happens at church, too? Where we become so inwardly focused, we forget about what God's doing, what God's saying, what his movement is. But we don't want to leave our tribes. The whole purpose is not that we leave our tribes. So there's something else that I think we need to do. Eddie, I'm going to use it again. So, Eddie, I do want you to disconnect. And I want you to hold one hand in the the, the circle, just one, and I want you to have one hand to God. This is God. <laughs> now, is, is Eddie still connected to his tribe? Yes. Is he also connected with God? Yes. There's a scripture verse that describes this healthfully. This is 2 Timothy 2.2. It's not up on the screen for you. You just have to listen really, really well. You ready? You have heard me teach things. This is Paul talking to Timothy. You have heard me teach things that have been confirmed by many reliable witnesses. Now teach these truths to other trustworthy people. You got some trustworthy people, right? Teach these truths to trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. You're all connected. You can pass it on to one another, right? Or you're not connected. Clarissa's not connected. She's outside, I guess. Poor Clarissa. Aw. Pass them on to others. Endure suffering along with me as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Soldiers don't get tied up. Soldiers don't get tied up in the affairs of civilian life for they can't please the officer who enlisted them. So we have something going on here. Where Eddie's connected to his tribe, but he's not tied up in it anymore. He can extend to it. Here, extend far away. God is going this way. Here, you can, you can turn around. You can still, right? Good. So, and God is moving this way. So Eddie's still connected with his tribe. But God has moved. He's doing some other things. So God can connect with Eddie, tell him all kinds of things about his tribe. Can tell him all the things that God is going outside of his tribe. So Eddie can minister to his tribe, but he's also being ministered to by God. He's not getting tangled up. Have I made the analogy strong enough? Have I killed it? Do you get it? Okay, y'all, since I sit down, you can clap for your actors. The family of God is stronger than our tribes, and it's meant to be. It's meant to be the ulterior motive of all of our time. Now, you might say that, well, John, I'm I'm invested in my tribe. I don't want to make a ruckus. But the truth is is that God is asking us to be connected to him and connected to our tribe. Now, you're asking, John, you started out with the, the story of the prodigal son. What's going on here? There are some of you here that have taken the risk to come from whatever tribe that you're in. And at some point, you had to leave all of it behind. You had to lay it down, and you had to go to God and say, God, I need to connect with you, and I don't know how. Because I've got all these investments here. For the prodigal son, he had wasted it all, and so he didn't even have a tribe anymore. But he tried to. And this was the severity of what it means to be apart from God. But most of us are invested in really healthy spaces, but we see them as completely separate from God. And so God says, come to me with all of your stuff. No matter what's going on, I want you to be a part of my family. Well, God, how can I be a part of your family if I'm a part of this amazing tribe? We exist, if we're connected with God, We exist to be a part of his family, exerting the authority of the kingdom over all that's going on in our own lives. We're meant to be invested in, attached to, but not entangled in. If we're entangled in our tribes, it stops us from being able to love anybody else. It stops us from being able to receive from God everything that he has for us. I would think the hardest people in this room to go through that are those in the military because there's a swearing of allegiance or those of you who are political uh, uh, political appointees I don't know anybody who's serving here in the Senate or the Congress or your mayor, but these are difficult places where we swear allegiance to defending territory. And we also, while we're tied into that swearing in, we also tie into God for his guidance. Coming to the Father as the prodigal son means laying everything else down. And God becomes the most important. How do you do that? When it's your family member, when it's your tribe, when it's your squad. The way that you do that is you stay connected but not entangled. God has a mission for your tribe. He has a mission for your tribe, for every single person that was entangled in it, to come like the prodigal son did to the father. If you're a Democrat, God has a plan for everybody in the Democratic Party to come to him and lay everything down. If you're a Republican, God has a plan for everybody in the Republican Party to lay everything down and come to the father so that the best of your tribe can be redeemed. Imagine for just a moment if where you worked got received by the father and the prodigal son. Imagine for just a moment, if your squad, if your brigade, if your political party, if whatever you're invested in, your family, got to come to the father And be welcomed in just like the father did with the prodigal son. What will happen when you say the name of Jesus in your tribe is that your tribe is going to start shaking. Your family is going to start shaking. Where you work is going to start shaking because they have their own values, don't they? And what will happen to you is the same thing that happened to Jesus. Some will go, oh my goodness, this is the hope I've always wanted. And some will say... Uh, I'm getting away from you, Uh, you're scary. And some will really want to wreck you. Some of you have actually been fired by saying the name of Jesus in your workplace. But in order for us to live in a way where we get to love everybody from every tribe, we have to stop being entangled in our own tribes and reach out to our Heavenly Father for what He has for us. God creates new hope by creating new family where all are welcome. Tomorrow is Martin Luther King Jr. Day, and nobody can really get a grasp on his faith except that he knew Jesus very, very well, and he used him as an example in many, many ways. And I would say that he reached out of his own tribe. There were some in the evangelical uh, black uh, caucuses that were trying to tell him to be a certain way, and he He had to reach out to God to reach a certain way there. And there were some in the white churches that certainly didn't like his protests and the violence that came from the protests. So he tried to be both attached but not entangled in every way so that everybody could receive the love of God. In fact, he was only killed when he stopped just fighting for uh, uh, equality for uh, the black community but also for workers' rights. All of a sudden now, everybody started hating him from every group. Dr. King experienced the same persecution Jesus did and the same persecution we might if we lean in to be a part of the family of God and we lean into the gospel of the kingdom. This commission to us goes above our tribes, goes above our families because Jesus has already invited us that way. He invited us, while we were still entangled, to be attached to him. I want to leave you with this verse. This is Romans 5, verse 6. While we were utterly helpless, Christ came just at the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who's especially good, maybe someone in our own tribes. But God showed us his great love by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right by God, in God's sight, by the blood of Christ, we will certainly, he will certainly give us, save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by death of his son, while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God, because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends with God. Would you stand with me this morning? Uh, as you can tell, I'm a little troubled this morning, and I don't know what that's coming from, but I just get the sense that, um, that God really wants to speak. As a pastor, I think I'd want to give you the commission to go out into where your workplace is and all the places of your strengths and unity and reach into those places and welcome them to Jesus. I think that's the simplicity of of what I would love as a pastor. But at the end of the day, what I also want to say is that where you are and, and your tribe is also super valuable and super important, and that needs to be redeemed by Jesus as well. The ministry of this moment, I think, is for us to repent of the places where we have been entangled, where we have lifted our tribes above God. And so would you join me in that? Because I think I'm the first that needs to do that. Lord Jesus, I'm just so sorry for getting on my high horse And not being able to love people around me, even though they're different. Lord, I'm sorry for uh, seeing the church in a way that separates people from you. Making it more important than your kingdom going outward into my friend groups, my neighborhood. Lord, would you come by your Holy Spirit and change us this morning and give us eyes to see those who you want to love outside of our tribes and those in our tribes that you want to love as well. This verse from Revelation chapter 7 verse 9 is what will happen if the gospel of the kingdom becomes real in the end, when the family of God becomes real, when we're all welcome. After this, I saw a vast crowd, too great to count, from every nation and tribe and people and language, standing in the front of the throne and before the Lamb. They were clothed in white robes and held palm branches in their hands. And they were shouting with great roar, salvation comes from our God who sits on the throne and from the Lamb. Every tribe and people and language. God, would you show us how you want to love who we're a part of. Before we started uh, this morning, there was a group praying for you upstairs, and they have some words that uh, they wrote down, risking somebody with arthritis in the hands, someone holding back tears like an ice jam on a river. There will be prayer teams this morning responding to every physical, emotional, and spiritual need you have. And specifically these things, I would say, um, please go and get prayer. I'm going to invite Ethan to come, and he's just going to play behind as I dismiss you. Um, I really am shaken this morning and I still haven't figured out what God wants to do but if um, I do want to bless you there would you receive this blessing that you would go out in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, connected to your Heavenly Father, and connected to your tribe, that by the power of the Holy Spirit that they would all be welcome into God's family. I bless you in Jesus' name.